Welcome to another episode of our Diving Deeper podcast. My name is Judith and um, I'm one of the leaders of Openwell Church in Liverpool and this is episode nine of our podcast and today we are looking at Joshua chapter 10. When the sun stood still. When the sun stood still. Joshua is a commander, he's a leader, he's a um, person who has been given responsibility to lead the people of Israel and he's gone through the walls of Jericho, the walls of Jericho have come down, he's crossed over the river Jordan and he set up camp at a place called Gilgal and we approach Joshua chapter 10 where by this point Joshua has established himself as a leader of a people who were now in the promised land. They are in the promised land. But just because Joshua is in the promised land, it doesn't mean that there aren't difficulties to overcome. It doesn't mean that there aren't obstacles to overcome. And right now, when you have given your life to Christ, when you have said yes to Jesus, when you have surrendered your life to him, turned from sin, put your trust in Jesus as Lord. You are brought out of the kingdom of darkness. You've crossed over and you are now in the kingdom of Jesus. You are in the promised land. So often I see Christians who struggle because they've been told, well, now that you're in Christ, life will be problem free. Now that you're in Christ, life will be beautiful and perfect and everything will go well. But the truth is that actually when you are in Christ, when you cross over and you enter the promised land of a relationship with Jesus, then you actually face many more battles. You face many more trials ahead as you learn to uproot and get rid of the strongholds in your own mind. When you learn to uproot and get rid of the wrong ways of both thinking and acting, you have a lifelong journey of learning to uh, to say no to the flesh, to to subdue the fleshly desires that uh, wage war within us and for the people of Israel that's what we see they've established a camp at Gilgal and now they have many uh, trials ahead as they have to subdue the strongholds that are throughout the land of Israel, the the cities and the towns that have set themselves up against the people of Israel. And when we realise this, then we are not surprised or we are not defeated or discouraged when 
as a Christian, we suddenly realise, oh, there's a stronghold in my own thinking. There's a way of acting that I've now realised has to change because we realise that this journey of following Jesus, it's not just a bed of roses, but it's a battle that we are called to uh, fight in. The sun stands still, chapter 10, is a moment where in the battles that the people of Israel led by Joshua are fighting, um, there comes this moment where Joshua, as he is fighting, as he is actually chasing um, a coalition of cities that have come together to uh, attack a city a city that has aligned itself with Israel a city um, that has um, got an, a, a, a coalition with Israel a city called Gibeon a, a, um, a king the king of Jerusalem said to four other cities um, we don't like Gibeon because Gibeon has um, aligned itself with Israel so we're going to attack Gibeon and so Jerusalem along with other cities nearby they go and attack Gibeon and Joshua is told what are you going to do are you going to defend the city of Gibeon which has aligned itself with Israel and so uh, Joshua he goes and he fights the people of Jerusalem at this point in the story Jerusalem is still not a city under the control of the Israelite people and so Joshua is fighting four different cities this coalition and Joshua is winning he's um, seeing victory and then we get to this moment in the story where suddenly the sun stands still the sun stands still i'm going to read um from verse 12 of joshua chapter 10 it says this on the day the lord gave the amorites over to israel joshua said to the lord in the presence of israel o sun stand still over gibeon o moon over the valley of adjalon so the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemies as it is written in the book of Jashar the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day there has never been a day like it before or since a day when the Lord listened to a man surely the Lord was fighting for Israel then Joshua returned with all Israel to the camp at Gilgal in the process of Joshua destroying the enemies that are within the promised land of Israel, we see this moment that has never happened before or since. It's a moment where Joshua asks God for the impossible. Joshua asks God for the impossible. And what does God do? He grants the request of Joshua. I believe that very often we have to be willing to ask God, to ask God to do what only he can do, 
to ask God to do what only he can do. And, you know, um, I know for me, sometimes I have fatigue and I am tired of asking. I get weary from asking, asking God for things, asking people for things. You know, um, I last night was uh, listening to a pastor called Rick Warren and Rick Warren was saying that when you are a leader, you are not called to lead alone. He was saying that it was through the power of asking people to get involved, through the power of asking people to um, share in the journey of the church that Rick leads that now thousands of people have played a part in growing that church and Rick said I know that I can't do it alone he said I've had to ask people to get involved we if we want to see God do something great with our life we have to learn to ask people to get involved in our own story if you have a gift if you have a call on your life then you have to learn to ask to ask to ask people to get involved Jesus he began his ministry he began his ministry and what did he do at the start he asked people to follow along with him he asked people he asked and he said not just um, would you put your trust in me? But he asked people to give up their lives, to give up fishing, to give up tax collecting and to come and follow him. Jesus didn't want to do ministry alone, but in order to create a movement, he had to start by asking, asking, whether it's asking people to join with you, whether it's asking God to answer your prayer sometimes we get tired from asking because very often we ask people and they reject us we ask people and all it all goes wrong and we 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 get burnt from asking we get hurt from asking the other day Rachel and I walked past a man on Bold Street and he asked us for some time he asked whether he had a uh, whether he could have a few minutes of our day because he was a salesman and he needed to uh, sell things and so he was asking for our time and i remember thinking i feel so sorry for this person because so many people will reject him so many people will say no to his question and uh, the ask uh, that this guy has to do for his job. You know, um, so often the concept of asking people is a concept which causes us to be vulnerable. When I ask, it's me saying, I can't do it. To ask is to recognise that I'm not perfect that I need help. You know, to ask, we have to be secure, but we have to also be vulnerable. Because when we ask, we're saying, do you know what? I can't do this alone. And I'm making myself vulnerable and I'm opening myself up to rejection. I'm opening myself up to pain. I'm opening myself up 
to heartache. You know, when Jesus asked people to join him on his mission, Jesus was opening himself up to the potential of betrayal. Jesus was betrayed by someone that he asked to follow him. When we ask of people, we're, we're opening ourselves to, up to the re possibility of rejection and betrayal. But it's in the ask that also we open ourselves up to the potential of the dreams and the gifts that are within us being utilised and um, fulfilled. You know, um, so often we have a background where growing up we ask for things and they don't happen. We ask for healing and someone isn't healed. We ask our parents for things and we don't get what we ask for and we end up disappointed, disillusioned and discouraged and so we, we stop asking or we ask and we don't uh, have faith. We ask and we have fear. We ask and we have um, doubt and um, I believe today that God wants to remind us of the power of asking and God wants to remind us that his desire is that we would come back to the childlike simplicity of what it is to ask but to ask for great things. Joshua he in this passage asks for not just a small thing he asks for the sun to stand still. Something that had never happened before or since. This was an audacious ask. This was a, uh, this was not just audacious, but it was creative. Joshua was tired. He'd been fighting all day and, and actually he'd been traveling through the night and then fighting all day with the Israelite army. And so, by the point that Joshua is about to ask for something audacious, he's tired. The army would have been tired. And here, even though Joshua is tired, he is still creative. I would never have even thought to ask for the sun to stand still. But Joshua is creative and he is imaginative and he is audacious and he is bold in what he asks of God. I want us to be inspired and to be encouraged that God is not overwhelmed when we ask him for bold, audacious things. God is not overwhelmed and he is not angry or upset when we ask for things that are beyond our uh, own capacity, things that seem crazy. God loves when we ask for things that seem big and audacious and if you are going to fulfil the dreams and gifts that are inside of you, we have to be willing to ask to ask for audacious big requests, to ask people and to ask of God. I love Joshua's childlike approach. He is childlike in simply trusting God 
and asking of God. It says that um, from what we understand in this scripture, that Joshua asked God in the presence of those around him. That means that in front of all the soldiers, he is making himself vulnerable and he's asking God for something that um, could end up causing uh, Joshua to be ridiculed or to be um, uh, laughed at. And yet Joshua is vulnerable and he is bold in requesting from God something that has never been done before. I've heard people say that this story is uh, metaphoric, that it's um, not really a story that actually happened. But um, I believe the Bible is the word of God. I believe that this story did happen. And the interesting thing is that now um, there are um, there are accounts that we are aware of from uh, from China, from ancient people in China. We're aware of accounts from even America, from the early Indians in America. We're aware of accounts from a number of places around the world where it's reported that around this time, um, they talk about how um, the day was lengthened, how there was this one day in history where there was this day that carried on and on and on and on, where the sun didn't set. So we see from around the world, from, uh, from tribes, uh, from different nations, that all give a similar account of this historic day, a day that was so important that it was written about, that it was chronicled, that different tribes from different nations are all in sync in talking about this day that um, I believe actually happened. This day that affected the world, a day where Joshua's enemy was destroyed, a day where Joshua was willing to ask and to be audacious. And I want today for you to have a fresh strength to be able to um, be vulnerable again and realise that, yes, if you ask God, if you ask people for help, for support, if you ask God to do something audacious in your life, then you are opening yourself up for the potential to be betrayed, for the potential for a Judas to break your heart, but at the same time, you're opening yourself up for partnership, for 11 other apostles who could, with you, create and change history. I believe that it's through the power of asking that we have the potential for partnership with God, with others around us, to shape and change history. And in my own life, this message is as relevant and as real as any I have ever shared and <clears throat> I'm I'm speaking to you what I am having to prophesy and, and encourage and speak into my own life that it's time to ask again, that it's time to return to a childlike simple trust in Jesus and it's time to be bold in our asking, it's time to be audacious in our asking. What's interesting is that here we see that just before Joshua 
asked God for the sun to stand still, we see that there was something that happened, something that I want to read about because it will help you in learning how to position yourself in order to return to uh, being a person who is able to ask for help, to ask God and others for um, support and um, for them to be able to help you. Um, it says in verse 11, as we um, see Joshua, he's um, he'd come from Gilgal, he'd come to the city the city uh, where people were partnering with Joshua and together they'd attacked these cities, Jerusalem and this coalition and Joshua uh, and the army, they are um, causing uh, death and destruction. Joshua and his army, they're winning. And then it says this, as they fled before Israel, as the enemy, the Jerusalem and the cities are fleeing before Israel on the road down from Beth Horam to Azacar, it says this, the Lord hurled large hailstones down on them from the sky and more of them died from the hailstones than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. On the day the Lord, on this day, the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel. Joshua um, then goes on to make the request for the sun to stand still. So just before Joshua asks God for this crazy uh, audacious thing for the sun to stand still we see it the context in which Joshua made this request we see that Joshua and the army were chasing the uh, the, the Jerusalem and the the and the, the towns that um that it, Joshua was fighting and we see that First of all, Joshua and the soldiers were working hard. Joshua and the soldiers were working hard. They were fighting the enemy and they were chasing the enemy. I think it's um, really important that as Christians that believe in the grace of God, that Jesus died on the cross for our sin, that Jesus rose again and that today when we trust in Jesus, we are free from our sin and that by grace we receive the love and life of Jesus and that we enter into God's rest. It's important that we accept this message of grace, of God's love, of his um, gospel that is by his power now freely working in our life. It's important that we at the same time realise we are called to work hard we are called to work hard. The book of James makes it clear that it's faith that is outworked through our lives of love, through the deeds that we do, that we grow and that we are changed. And James is really clear, the book of James, that love um, is active, that faith without deeds is dead. And I think it's really important that... Um, we realise that here it wasn't that Joshua was sat on his backside. It wasn't that Joshua was chilling and just resting in God's goodness. And from his 
chair. He looks up to God and says, God, make the sun stand still. What we see is that Joshua is trusting in God, but he is working hard. He's been running through the night to get to the city of Jerusalem. He has been fighting hard along with the Israelites to defeat the enemy. And it's in the context of fighting and running and working hard that Joshua makes this request. I think that God loves to move in the life of people that are moving with God. I believe that God wants us to be active, to run the race, to live a life of active love, to live a life of uh, service unto God and running after all that God has for us. And it's in the context of working, running, serving that we get to make big requests of God. Big requests um, does not mean that we get to sit idly by waiting for um, God to simply make all our dreams come true. The second and final thing that I want to say is that there were just before Joshua made this request, there were hailstones that came down and killed more of the enemy than the soldiers killed during the fighting. Um, these hailstones would have been probably around this big. Um, how do I know this? I know this because um, in even the last 100 years, there have been similar types of hailstorms that have, I did research on this, and similar types of hailstorms that have um, caused death in India. There was a similar hailstorm with with hails stones like this big that killed 200 people in America. There's a number of places and reports and even pictures that people have taken of hailstones. You can Google it. Um, hailstones like this big. And so, um, and these hailstones and hailstorms have caused death, destruction and, and um, crazy amounts of damage. And in some places, even uh, 200 people have died. So, um, this hailstorm was something that in some ways was not miraculous. Hailstorms happened. What was miraculous was the fact that it happened in the exact place where Joshua was fighting. And it happened at the exact time that um, Joshua is fighting. And so not just Joshua, but the people of Israel would have watched as these hailstones came down in the exact place where the enemy was. How mad that the hailstones didn't come down on the people of Israel. The people of Israel were close to the enemy. The hailstones came down at the exact place where the enemy was, at the exact time that the enemy was at that place. And the people of Israel and Joshua would have watched as God broke in and moved in power and wonder and glory. If I was Joshua and I was watching God do something beyond my imagination, something beyond my power, something that just um, was so beyond my expectation, what would that do for me if I was Joshua? I know what it would do. It would raise my faith. 
if I watched that happen, if I watched um, hailstones, hail uh, coming down and destroying the enemy, honestly, my faith would rise. I would feel boldness. I would feel energized. You know, so far Joshua had been running through the night and then fighting through the day. And if I was like, if I was there, I, I've been this week just picturing myself in this scene and thinking, just watching God at work through this hailstone storm, I would be energized. I would find the faith in me rising. I would feel an audacious boldness just watching God at work. And I suddenly realised something. If we are going to ask God for audacious things, then we need to go and be close to where God is doing audacious things. We need to go and read the books of people that lived audacious lives where God was at work. We need to um, be in the places. We need to go and we need to um, watch the YouTube videos of where God is working powerfully through a person or in a place where miracles are breaking out, where salvation is uh, flowing, where people are um, leading thousands to Jesus. We need to be close to, we need to be in the atmosphere of where God is moving in power because it's in that place where we are restored, refreshed and where our faith is renewed for the impossible. I believe that the creativity the creativity that Joshua had to ask for the sun to stand still, I believe that that creativity was inspired by what Joshua saw. Because what did Joshua see? He saw God creativity, creatively destroying the enemy. Hailstones, what a creative idea. Hailstones destroying the enemy. What did Joshua do? He then... Um, also looked up to the sky and thought, okay, the, the storm has passed, the sun is now shining. Um, but he had his own creative idea that would have been inspired by watching God at work. I believe that if we are going to ask God for audacious things, then we need to get close to, be around, be in the atmosphere where God is doing audacious things. Because it's in that atmosphere that we... Our, uh, where our faith is is stretched, where our boldness comes alive, where we are refreshed, where we we are renewed um, in our um, strength and in our passion to ask God for audacious things. If you are feeling tired from uh, from the fact that you've asked people and God before and you've not seen healing, you've um, you've not seen breakthrough. You've not uh, uh, you've not stepped into all that God has for you. If you've asked people before and they've let you down, they've rejected you, they've betrayed you. Then I believe that God wants to renew a childlike um, attitude within you. He wants to restore you, and He wants you to. Uh, be creative, audacious and bold in once again 
asking him for the impossible um, and to do what only he can do. And he wants um, to position you close to where he is at work. And so go um, be in the atmosphere, read books, watch YouTube videos, be around places and people where God is active and where God is doing miraculous, incredible, audacious uh, things because uh, it's in that place that you are stirred, that you are restored, that you get your boldness back to ask for big things. I've been in my own life reading, um, beginning to read the journal of John Wesley, a man who lived a life where God moved powerfully through him and he was able to um, uh, preach the gospel throughout the land of England and he started many Methodist uh, groups throughout the nation of England and he was someone through whom God moved in great power and so for me I'm wanting to be close to this story. I want to uh, be in the atmosphere of uh, John Wesley. I'm, I want to be in the mindset of John Wesley. I want to be close because we as a church want to see many open wells. We want to go love and lead many people to Jesus. And, um, and, and I think it's important that whatever God has placed on your heart, that you have a fresh, audacious, boldness to ask God for him to do immeasurably more in and through your life than you could ever think or dream possible. God, I thank you for our time today and I, I just thank you for your presence and I just pray that you would give us again a childlike trust to ask, to be audacious, to be bold and to see you move in and through our lives. Thank you, God. Amen.